Hi, I'm Bridget Murawski, and I'm the creative director of Baz Brothers Unlimited, a vintage wholesaler based in Fresno and Los Angeles, California. This is your bi-weekly dose of all things vintage. It me. I'm back with, I think, the very first episode of this year of my Best Vintage Life podcast. It's been a hot minute, and I do apologize that it's taken me so long to get back on the podcasting schedule, but I've had a lot going on. As many of you know, I bought a new home, and the renovation process has been um, disastrous. No, not disastrous. That's a little... That's an over-embellishment. Uh, it's, it's been tough. You know, I had a... Um, I had to let go, I had to fire my contractor, who was a friend of four and a half years, who did all the work at my current home. Uh, You know, it was just too much for him, and he wasn't honest with me about a lot of stuff. Um, Yeah, it's just, I don't even want to talk about it at this point in time, because it's been, I feel like it's all I've been talking about. So, a little bit behind schedule, my goal was to start moving in the week of the 22nd, which we're in right now, and instead I'm cleaning up. So I feel like I won't start moving in until probably next week, which is fine. Um, not too far behind. The house looks great. I'm very happy and, and blessed and grateful. So exciting things there. Um, as many of you know, if you follow us on Instagram, uh, Art's dad, Humpo, passed away. Uh, it'll be, let's see, it wasn't last Friday, but the Friday before, so that's been really hard. We're going to miss him a lot. If you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you know, I did a little mini episode with him once, which everybody's thankful to have now because we have a recording of his voice. Um, and I have some voicemails from him as well. I shared one in my Instagram stories. Yeah, it's, um, it's nice to have that, you know, I don't have much in terms of my mom's voice recorded. I have an old tape or two, Uh, But I don't have voicemails or anything like more modern stuff from her because she passed away like a year before I got my first smartphone. So it was still flip phones back then. So I don't have any of that. So I'm I'm glad that we have that of Hompo. Um, Thank you for everyone who's reached out to Art and Rafi. Um, Our client, Raina, from Born to Rome Vintage sent us uh, really beautiful flowers. So thank you, Raina, for the flowers. And, uh, you know, we just, we appreciate everyone's caring, concern, love, light, prayers, whatever it is you've offered. We, uh, we thank you for those. So I guess I'm going to go right into my, my little opening spiel. Um, as always, if you want to email, um, the podcast, you can do so at admin, A-D-M-I-N at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. Feel free to email any questions, comments, or concerns there. Social media, Instagram. Uh, we are on Instagram at My Best Vintage Life Podcast and also at My Best Vintage Life Academy. If you haven't checked out the Academy yet, please be sure to do so. And we're also on Pinterest. I did delete the Facebook uh, for both the podcast and the Academy. It just it wasn't really gaining any traction, and I feel like a lot of people have walked away from Facebook or. 
there's a lot of people like me, like I don't have the app on my phone anymore, but I have to check it via browser. So if you are communicating to me through Facebook, please either do so through email or Instagram, um, or you can always call the Google voice number, which is 559-365-6743. That's 559-365-6743. If you have any interesting vintage news, vintage stories that you'd like to share, um, please let me know because I can upload those to the episodes as an audio file. And don't forget to check out our website, mybestvintagelifepodcast.com and mybestvintagelifeacademy.com. We have two websites as well. Right now with the Academy, there's a few different um, monthly subscription options. There's our $19.99 a month subscription for lessons, vintage lessons with art. At this point in time, we have probably, I'd say close to 16 lessons up. And as long as you're an active subscriber, you have access to all the back catalog. Um, and then we do a new lesson every week. Last week, I taught the lesson for obvious reasons, and I will probably be doing so again this week. So, um, you know, but normally they are taught by art, and we've done a lot of really fun topics, and I've gotten a lot of really great feedback. So feel free to check that out. Don't forget, um, if you're looking for an absolute... Oh, sorry, friends. Lots of trucks coming in and out today. Um, if you're looking for an absolute free way to show your support and love for the podcast, you can always rate and review. You could do so at Podchaser, which is open to all platforms, Apple, Droid, whatever it may be. You can do it on your phone, on your computer, or you can do so through the Apple Podcasts app. Um, so I would really appreciate if you could rate the podcast, and I would absolutely love it if you could write a review because that just puts the podcast out there for more people to find and to enjoy and for me to educate them on the benefits of vintage. Um, and I did switch over the podcast to a new hosting um, site. It's called Podbean. I switched from Buzzsprout to Podbean. And Podbean is cool because it has um, an in-house patron uh, page. So I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with Patreon. I did start one for the podcast. However, I like the fact that I can kind of have everything in one place with the Podbean one. Um, so there's three levels of support for the podcast. Um, my monthly goal, I think I set it at $60. I ended up spending a good bit of money up front to switch over there. I just paid a year up front. So I'm trying to make some of that back. Um, so basically there's a $2 um, support. That's $2 a month, $24 a year. That's just general support for the podcast. Um, you know, $2 is... I mean, I think very reasonable. So if you have an extra $2 to spare a month and would like to support um, the podcast in that way, please just um, head on over to Podbean and you can look up the podcast that way or you can Google Podbean, my best vintage life podcast patron, whatever. There's many different ways to get there. I don't know the link off the top of my head, but you should be able to find it. And I have a link to it in my link tree on Instagram. There's a link you can click. Um, for $5 a month, you will get a either personal and or business shout out on the podcast, which I have some to do today. And you will also get added into my close friends group on Instagram. So I now have a close friends group going and I talk about a lot more personal funny things on there. Um, so if you want to get the green ring, that's a good way to do it. And also just know that the $5 a month is offering even more general support. And then if you're looking for vintage mentorship, one-on-one -on -one mentoring for $20 a month, you would get a 30-minute mentoring session once a month with me. Um, 
just to talk about it'd be better suited I think for people who have a business and I've done this with a few people already and it worked out really well so um, a great way to get some mentoring one-on-one from me there and also um, if you are a subscriber to the Academy you have now been added into my close friends group as well so anybody who's subscribing either at the $5 level on um, Podbean or you know has the lesson subscription on the Academy You've all been added into the close friends group. If I forgot anyone, just send me a message or an email and let me know. And finally, my obsession at the moment. Right now, I'm back on a bagel kick. It's been probably since college, since I really liked bagels. And obviously, they're not the lowest thing calorically. Um, But in college, we had this little coffee shack in our cafeteria. And I was a tutor, Spanish tutor a master Spanish tutor and the tutoring center was like upstairs in the cafeteria building and downstairs there's this place called Einstein bagels and they had the best bagels and cream cheese so I would always do double blueberry so blueberry on blueberry or pumpkin on pumpkin now that was obviously not a year-round thing um but oh my god I mean I put on a lot of weight my freshman year and those bagels were one of the prime reasons why but um Art's been bringing bagels to work. He brought them today, uh, which was a nice surprise. I had a blueberry on blueberry, and then he brought a cheese and bacon one. Oh my god, they're so good. Uh, We get them from this place in Fresno called Harry's Bagels. Uh, And sadly, (laughs) for my weight, um, there is a Harry's Bagels very close to my new house. Uh, So that's going to be interesting. I'm just going to pretend like it's not there. But man... I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with the level of bagel making in Fresno because there's a lot. I mean, I, to me, I think of bagels as like an East Coast thing. I know it's not technically, but you know what I mean. Like it's hard to find good pizza out here, good cheesesteaks. The bagel it has been a surprise. So yeah, and there's also they do like a sun-dried tomato cream cheese, which I know I could make on my own, but some days it's just nice to not have to cook. And lately... I have not been cooking as much like I'll cook on Sundays but that's about it I've been having this is not an ad by any means but I've been getting splendid spoon soups and they've just kind of been nice for like a quick lunch or um, dinner nice and light so splendid spoon is pretty cool it's not the cheapest thing but if I added up how much it would cost to make me some of the soups it would be way more than what I'm spending there so it's nice to have like a nice healthy lighter option um, for dinner so yeah enough about food (laughs) let's get into these shout outs um for the podbean patrons okay first we have alexandra and i'm not going to say anybody's last name i'll try to keep it kind of private alexandra and her instagram is at volumes volumes underscore of underscore vintage volumes of vintage with underscores in between and um, I was so excited to meet, I say meet in quotes, Alexandra. Um, she's the director of curations at Winterthur Museum. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you know back in 2019, I went to the costume exhibition there in Delaware uh, for The Crown. And I have a highlight on my Instagram profile featuring all the different costumes that were there. Um, she's been curating historic costume throughout her career so that's how she's kind of gotten hooked on vintage and she has 
really great style and I really enjoy the outfits that she posts on her feed so please uh, check her out at volumes underscore of underscore vintage Alexandra thank you so much for your support I really appreciate it and it's so been really nice getting to know you and I hope uh, one day soon maybe I can head home and maybe you can give me like a VIP tour at the museum or someone can I mean I've I've seen a lot of it but um, I could spend days there it's a really fabulous place um, oh and then one of the cool things is that um, they're doing an exhibit, I believe, in 2022 of Anne Lowe. Now, um, Anne Lowe, I've talked about her. She was an amazing uh, woman who was a costume designer, a black costume designer. Well, not only costume designer, but um, I wouldn't say as much costume as she did ball gowns, but these days we would consider that more costume and it, it would be in a costume collection. Um, but I did um, like a discussion on the book that uh, someone wrote on her and she's just such she was such a fabulous human being she designed um Jacqueline Kennedy's wedding dress so I believe this is going to be the first exhibition they've ever done purely on her and I would I would fly home to see it like I would love to go and see that um she was just amazing amazing and talented and sadly because the color of her skin she did not get the credit she deserved but I'm gonna get emotional she was just so good. Um, but she's going to get it now and she deserves it. So shout out to uh, Winterthur for, for doing that and making sure that she's recognized for her talent. Um, great lady. Yeah. Thank you, Alexandra. Um, and then we have uh, Sarah. She is a local Fresno gal and her Instagram handle is at S Allison, S-A-L-L-I-S-O-N. Um, and she asked me to give a shout out for her personal page. Uh, she does something called Poetry is for Thursdays, and she has been posting poems or excerpts of poems uh, since May 2019 on her on her feed on Thursdays. So please do check out Poetry is for Thursdays. That's S. Allison. And then she also asked me to give a shout out to a local vintage shop here in Fresno, Yoshi Now Vintage. Uh, that's in downtown Fresno. So um, if you live in the Fresno area, please check out uh, Yoshi now. And that is that is it. So thank you, Alexandra and Sarah, uh, for your support. And if anybody else uh, joins on the patron train, we'll call it, come aboard. Um, I will be sure to give you or your business or both a shout out on the next episode. Okay, so today's topic. Here we go. We're talking about trolls. Okay, so I did a post on Instagram about trolls and I also taught a lesson, the lesson that I filled in for art last week on the Academy. I actually uh, talked, because I have a lot of business owners um, subscribing to the Academy lessons about how to respond to trolls, what their appropriate responses are. So that was kind of fun to teach and I use the same kind of like um, outline so basically what I will just be talking about with um, you friends is the types of trolls and then if you want to do a deeper dive into like how to respond or my opinions on how to respond you can always subscribe to the um, to the academy through my bestvintagelifeacademy.com so we've all been trolled in some way shape or form even before we called it trolling I think we've all been trolled so what are these trolls? 
Do you remember Treasure Trolls? Those were amazing. That was like one toy I feel like that was affordable for a lot of people, especially the kids like me, you know, like when you weren't um, getting the toys you wanted, you could get like a troll. That was pretty reasonable. And they had the little jewel. Um, I love those things. But sadly, troll has become an ugly word. Like the the troll from like, you know, a, f a fairy tale that lives under the bridge. <laughs> and I think because of less face-to-face -face interaction and more online interaction, um, trolling is a lot easier for people. And I think that's sad. I think that online interaction has killed a lot of things in a lot of people's lives. I mean, you listen to the news and to studies people are doing. It's it's killing social interaction. It's destroying relationships, people's sex drive. I mean, you name it. Um, especially with the pandemic, things have gotten ugly. So trolling, sadly, has become more prevalent. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, kind of cheesy, you know, but it's about them more so than it is about you. Unless someone has like some personal vendetta against you, I still think that's about them, but they might personally be targeting you. But if it's a stranger and they're just picking on you for no reason, it's most likely about them. So that should help you at least let things roll off your shoulder a little bit. And also, if you're not a business owner and you're listening to this and you're a vintage enthusiast, I think, you know, you might get some tips or at least have some understanding of how not to act, you know, when you're buying vintage from someone. Um, trying to keep this topic like a dual a dual benefit to, to both sides of the coin, um, you know, enthusiasts and business owners. But the first type of troll I feel like there is, is there's always the shipping troll, you know, the troll that wants to call you out. Why is your shipping so expensive? Why isn't your shipping free? Or, you know, X, Y, and Z thing about the shipping. And at the end of the day, these trolls exist because people have become so used to this microwave instant society. I'm going to get whatever I want when I want as quick as I want it. A lot of it has to do with Amazon, and I said this in my lesson on the Academy. It's not just Amazon, though. A lot of companies have really beefed up their shipping to be faster. I get a lot of stuff for my horses and my dogs through Chewy, um, and I think Chewy's a pretty decent company unless there's something I don't know about them, um, but, you know, the shipping, the sh ugh, sorry, the shipping is quick. I get things in one to two days, sometimes three days max. So it's not just Amazon. There's a lot of other companies that are guilty to feeding into this like, I need it now type thing. So another another little tip from me to you is like, not everyone is you. So I'm sure everyone listening to this, myself included, has used Amazon at some point in time. Maybe some of you are no longer using it. Maybe some of you have to, but you've cut back or whatever, but you know, at the end of the day, I never was on Amazon thinking that everyone's shipping is going to be that fast. You know, there may have been times that I'm like, I got used to Amazon and I was like, oh, wow, like I didn't realize how slow other shipping is, but I never complained about it. And frankly, like, I would rather pay more to get things delivered from people that aren't. I mean, the Amazon drivers have really shaped up here, but for a year, it was rough. I mean, it was bad. I was calling and complaining like once a week. So I I don't know. I personally don't think like, yeah, Amazon stuff is fast. I don't really think that their service is that great. I think a lot of their drivers are very rude. Um, 
and some of the I mean some of the people when they first started I they like if the door wasn't locked downstairs in the warehouse some of them would come in they would scare me so bad like some of these I, I mean I don't I hate to say it but some of them just looked like they they were like a troll like they crawled out from under a bridge and I thought oh my god they're trying to break in or something and it was just like an Amazon driver people were like driving their own cars back then it was a shit show so I personally don't think like Amazon is that great I mean obviously I'm not you you and I know all the other things about Amazon but um I don't know why people have gone into this weird you know like I need it now and I don't want to pay for shipping I mean in my opinion it's like if you're gonna buy uh like a sweatshirt for $80 and then complain about five to ten dollars for shipping it's like what are you doing like don't buy the sweatshirt then you know and a lot of it also comes from people not knowing how to manage their money and we're all in different financial situations right now. I think a lot of us are probably in financial situations maybe that weren't, aren't nearly as good as they normally are. Maybe we're kind of working our way back up to where we used to be. You know, the pandemic has changed a lot of things for a lot of people. But I will tell you this much right now, as someone who grew up very poor, I never bought something if I didn't have the money to buy it, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I never lived beyond my means and my parents didn't live beyond our means. And that taught me a lot, but unfortunately not everyone has been given that advice and given that life lesson. So I don't know. The shipping thing is, it's weird to me. Um, I talked in the academy lesson about how to handle it, how to respond to it. I'm sure a lot of you probably already have kind of like, um, you know, custom or like uh what am I looking for like a, a response that you would give like you might have one already typed up or something that you can tweak um but yeah I mean the shipping is just it's it's not good a lot of people these days want everything for free um and at the end of the day like that's just and you know there's a lot of other things that go into shipping it's not just a label you put on the box there's a lot of other factors that go into shipping so and like your time is worth you you're putting out energy you're giving your time to ship something and you know your time is money i hate to be like that but that's how it is for me i always tell people that I feel like some sort of like sleazy Wall Street person when I say that, but at the end of the day, I I put a value on my worth and on myself and you have to. I mean, you just have to. So don't let people push you around with the shipping bullshit. Just just move on. You will ship what you feel like is an appropriate amount to ship. And if you need to adjust, you can adjust. If you're just learning you're gonna you're gonna maybe make some mistakes and have some up and downs but shipping once you get into your groove you quickly know how much it is to ship a t-shirt a sweatshirt a jacket you kind of have an idea ballpark with different areas of the country now international shipping that's a whole other beast um and very difficult and if you do it kudos to you i think it's it's a headache um and i'm sure people in other countries listening to this would think of the same thing about shipping to the united states as much as you want to get you, you want to have this exchange of goods it's a lot of work and it's a lot of headache and there's a lot more room for error when you're when the package leaves the country so moving on from shipping get down off my pulpit um people talking about things being too expensive or the level of expense of your goods okay that's another one that gets to me um you know everybody values things differently 
And a lot of that is super subjective to what they know about the item. And there are some people out there, no matter how much you tell them X, Y, and Z thing is worth X, Y, and Z amount, they just don't get it um, because they don't value something like that or they don't have the money and they're in a weird financial situation. There's a lot of stuff that goes around the people that complain about things being um, too expensive. But at the end of the day, you're pricing your items. It's your business. You obviously have to do your research to make sure that things are priced right. I don't need to tell you that. Um, And if you're a buyer, like an enthusiast, and you're buying stuff, you should be doing research on your end too. And if somebody has something priced too high, I personally wouldn't even say anything. I'd be like, well, good for them. Let's see. Maybe they, you know, maybe they will get that. But I wouldn't call them out on it. I'm just like not that type of person. But like I said, without the face-to-face interaction and it's just like, you know, at vintage lover number one, it's a lot easier to be at vintage lover number one and type something mean than it is to look at a seller in the eye and say like, hey, this is bullshit. This is too much money, right? So when it comes to expense, it has a lot to do with the person and a lot less to do with you as a seller. So anybody out there listening who is a potential buyer, keep that in mind, you know, just keep it to yourself. You don't need to critique every single person. That's like another thing, like this whole like level of critiquing and everyone thinks they're perfect and pointing fingers and you know it's just it's so it's just too much so you know if you've done your research and you feel like your item is priced right or same thing if you're a buyer and you feel like the item is priced right then just you know or if you think it's too expensive then then move on but if you're a seller and you know that's what you feel like it should be then just keep it at that don't ever let somebody bully you into changing your price that's just crazy um and you know oh god this is i was talking about this a little bit in the lesson on the academy with like the whole expert thing like a vintage expert I go on offer up, um, mostly for furniture type stuff. I don't know if you've ever used the app. There's a lot of garbage on there, but now there's like people in Fresno are buying, like they're finding, it was, it was hilarious. Like as I was writing this episode, somebody was selling a troll frame, like a treasure troll frame, like you would have in like a kid's room with a like five by seven picture. They were selling it for like $50 and I mean, some other really crazy like tchotchke stuff and some guy had a dresser online or was it? Was it a dresser? And he said, this is what this is and it is worth this much because there's proof. And he went on um, Cherish. I don't know if you're familiar with Cherish, C-H-A-I-R-I-S-H. And took a shot. It was like a mid-century modern dresser, beautiful shape. Um, but is saying his is worth that much because there's proof that somebody has it listed for that much. Okay, we all know it doesn't work that way. But these are the types of people that are out there. <laughs> and it's like, I'm an expert because I went online and copy and pasted a picture and therefore it is worth that much. And honestly, I had almost trolled him. I almost was a troll because I wanted to be like, sir, listen, um, you're, you look kind of silly, you know? I mean, his had like scratches and nicks all over it like it was not in good shape it was not worth anywhere near what the one online was it was just it was so funny to me and I'm like oh my god 
so many people right now want to make money, which is great. And I admire that. I admire, I love a hustle. I love people who, who hustle and, and, you know, even when they're, they feel like they're working against the tide, like good for you. But, um, the chips on the shoulder are just ginormous. I was like, oh my gosh, like these people are just, they are so desperate to make money and they think because, you know, they see other people out there making money with vintage items and it doesn't necessarily have to be clothing. Like I said, it could be tchotchkes, furniture, whatever. But holy crap, I couldn't believe some of the prices people are posting on things. And it's like, yeah, you kind of got to know about the item and what can, how condition affects price. But listen, there's a lot of people out there that think they're, think they're experts. Um, and, you know, no one is an expert on everything. People have their niche areas that they're experts in um but you can't say that you're an expert on everything so but some people just think that you know and you can't tell them right for wrong so those are the people I think you're just better off ignoring and if you're an enthusiast and you you are or you think you are an expert on something you know I just I recommend being kind and not being a jerk about things Um, another way I feel like people really get you trolled is through like people after they purchase, um, talking about like return policy stuff. So a lot of people don't know how to read and I don't mean they don't know how they, they could pick up a book and see Jane run, see John run, whatever. It's not that like, they're not active readers. They don't actively seek out to see what's the return policy. What's the specs on this? Are there stains? Are there holes? What does the description say? They don't look at any of that. And then they attack you after the fact, you know? Um, and if you're a buyer, a vintage buyer listening to this, please make sure before you buy something, you're always, always, always reading all the fine print. I mean, that's how it should be in life anyways. A lot of us glaze through it, but most people that are selling vintage don't have um, a return policy. A lot of it's all sales final. I've always done all sales final, but a lot of people look at you like, okay, well, it's not, you know, it's, it's not my problem. I didn't read. It's your problem. And it's like, okay, well, I don't understand how that works. You know, in my opinion, it's not my problem. You didn't take the time to read. Now that's kind of a mean approach. Um, there's a much better way to word it than that. And maybe a lot of you have a lot more patience than I do, but if you're putting a lot of your effort out there to make a listing great and have all the information that people need, and then they're just going to come back at you, you know, making it your problem that you did all the work for them and they still didn't take the time to, to do their work on their end. It's like, it's frustrating. So, you know, just be aware that there are people out there who just don't read. They don't read at all. And I saw a lot of that when I worked at Urban, you know, when we were selling one of a kind vintage online. I mean, it was just people, you know, oh, I got these denim shorts and it doesn't look like the picture, but yet in the copy, it says no pair is alike pairs will vary or we would even do a group shot it doesn't look like the three in the picture and it's like well no shit like read the copy (laughs) you know so just be aware that at some point in time if you're selling vintage that's going to happen to you I guarantee it Um, and if you're a buyer you know um, do your reading make sure measure against something you already own 
And if something, you know, if you see like a stain in a picture, but you don't see it called out, maybe ask for like, you could always ask people for more detailed images. Hey, I'm interested in buying this, you know, do your homework beforehand before you get stuck with something you're not happy with. And take a sip of water. Oh, okay. And then you're gonna have some people out there that are like, well, that's not old enough to be vintage, right? Because we all have, I mean, the standard definition is 20 years or older. A lot of people, as they get older, have an issue with things that they wore being vintage, okay? Um, it's weird for me to think something from 2001 is technically like the newer end of vintage. I know a lot of people I've encountered that were like teenagers in the 80s have a huge issue with 80s stuff being, you know, it's just, it goes on and on. And as all, as we all progress in age, I'm sure it'll get worse as we get older and there really won't be vintage from my, you know, like 20s on, even my teens on because everything turned into fast fashion. But um, there's going to be people out there that are just going to complain or troll you like, oh, that's not vintage. So the one thing I tell, usually tell people to do is like, just call something secondhand if it's technically not vintage. That's a great buzzword. That's a great SEO word. Secondhand is a, a very, very highly searched term because a lot of people out there don't actually, you know, they're not, um, they're not vintage sellers. They're secondhand sellers or resellers or they go on Poshmark or whatever Depop they're not necessarily selling vintage but secondhand is a great word so if you're not sure if something's vintage or you think it's too new just use secondhand and that covers your your arse as, as I like to say um and people can't complain you know vintage if you throw that label on it it just kind of gives them fuel to the fire now if you're selling something that really truly is vintage then they can you know what, what would my mom say? Go fly a kite. <laughs> um, and obviously, if you're a buyer and you're looking at something, you're like, well, that has like an imprinted neck tag and the person's calling it vintage and selling it for $99, then don't buy it. Find it somewhere else. Let them figure it out on their own. You don't need to be rude. Just move on. And then like my last troll category here is the newbie, the vintage newbie, which a lot of people obviously are talking about what I was just talking about with the offer up thing. Um, you know, vintage newbies are people who are just getting into it. And hey, I'm glad. Welcome to the game. Happy to have you. A lot of us have been playing for a long time, but um, I feel like they're the people that are going to be kind of a mishmash of all the trolls. You know, they might be questioning expense. They might be questioning um, era or age or um, condition. So be aware that, you know, not everyone has the level of education about vintage that you do. Okay, so there's going to be some people out there that might need a little bit of explanation, especially if they're polite about it. Don't be afraid to help them out. Um, now, if somebody is asking a lot of your time, then that's a different thing. You know, if they need like a, like a three-page synopsis about why things are the way these are or your prices or whatever, you need to be cut and dry about that and say like, listen, you know, this is how it is. This is the concise whether it's about sizing, um, condition, whatever it is, be polite, be concise. Don't let them take up too much of your time. And same thing if you're a buyer, you know, 
don't hog up someone's time, especially if they're a small business owner, their time is very limited. And so just be direct and to the point, but be polite with, with newbies. Um, and if you are a newbie yourself, like I said, don't be afraid to ask questions, just keep them simple. Um, you know, and that also kind of, sometimes you get people, the newer people into it where, you know, it, it, it can take up a lot of your time and your time is everything. So you have to find ways to be, be polite about it and, um, not hurt their feelings because, you know, as they grow in their knowledge of vintage and their love for vintage, that can be a repeat customer. So I don't really, you know, my dad worked in retail his whole life and his thing would always be, well, the customer is always right. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I think that that is, I don't know. I don't think everyone should always get their way even when they're wrong. Like if someone's calling you names or being rude or being inappropriate, no, I don't think they're right in that situation. I think that that is like a very, um, gosh, so many beeps. Sorry about that. Um, I think this is a very archaic way of thinking. I think that there are probably many different people. There's like a spectrum of like customer service <laughs> and your um, patience with people. And I think we're all on different um, different parts of that spectrum. Uh, as you can imagine, I'm probably on the more less patient. Um, but I know some of you are like sweet as pie and I love you for it. And you're going to be um, a lot more giving. Just make sure you don't get taken advantage of. And on the same end, you know, don't take advantage of people by being too boisterous or, or rude. You know, it's really hard. It's really hard to find um, a good balance both as a buyer and as a seller. But vintage is a tough thing. You know, it's a tough thing because it's um, a lot of it's one of a kind. A lot of it can't be found elsewhere um you know a lot of the sizing has changed from the original sizing of the garment the condition has changed so there's there's a lot of facets to it just you know know that be patient be as kind as you can but also be firm and stand your ground and don't let people take advantage of you or be unnecessarily rude so that's pretty much all I have for this week. Uh, check out the Patreon page. Check out the Academy if you'd like to learn a little bit more about responses for uh, trolls. That was a really fun lesson to do. We also have a YouTube channel now. So if you head over to YouTube and search My Best Vintage Life Podcast and Academy, you can subscribe. And if you don't want to subscribe or can't subscribe for whatever reason, uh, just check out some of the videos that I have up there. I think that's it. So thank you so much, my friends, for your patience with the podcast. Hoping to get back on my two-week schedule now um, that I'm back up and running. So in the meantime, stay safe, stay sane, stay healthy, and don't be basic. Bye.